This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 35, Cincinnati 27, our final score. Let's kick off Big O Tires Cougar postgame live to get by getting to one of our postgame honorees. We'll start off with our Steel Man of the Game, brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart, the source for metal roofing and siding. When you buy from Palmer's Metal Mart, you buy from the manufacturer direct, and you save money. And the Palmer's Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game is Max Tooley. Max joining us on the headset. Greg and hands upstairs. Hello, Max. Hey, Max. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing very, very well. Congratulations to you for being our steel man of the game tonight. 16 tackles, nine of them solo. Hans Olsen was loving your performance tonight. How big was it for BYU to get Big 12 win number one in front of the home fans this evening? Hey, I appreciate it, first of all. But, yeah, I mean, you know, this was huge. This was exactly what we, we imagined it would be coming into this week. Um, you know, we knew it was going to be historic one way or another. First first game here at Big uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, um, you know, in the Big 12. It's huge, huge atmosphere, huge crowd advantage, um, just everything we could have asked for. Hey, Max, if you want to hang out on the field for a minute, Greg and I will come down and, and we'll actually carry you off on our shoulder. <laughs> like that, that's the type of performance you had. This was a big boy performance. Like Greg said, 16 tackles. Just take us into some of the defensive scheme against this well-balanced Cincinnati offense. What did Jay Hill tell you guys through the week of preparation? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we've struggled to stop the run a little bit, and so that was a big big focus coming into this week is you know, they have some good backs. They got a good quarterback, um, you know, and they, they came at us. Um, I think we, we stuck to what we, what we wanted to do the whole game. Um, that second half was a little rough. Uh, he was getting out of pocket, um, scrambling for extra yards. But, you know, when it comes down to it, um, as a defense, yeah, our, our whole motive is just, you know, it doesn't matter how you, how you start necessarily, but how you finish. So, you know, they can be driving down the field. Um, as long as we get, we get the stop or the field goal, uh, you know, the fourth down stop, that's all that matters really when it comes down to it, um, just to help the team out. So. It was a weird game, Max, but it's a team game, and ultimately the offense came alive when it needed to. Late in the first half, that last drive to end half number one, get you in with the lead, just had to be huge for you guys shot in the arm there, right? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, we, we always say, you know, we're going to trust the offense um, regardless of the situation, regardless of what's going down. If they're not able to move the ball, um, we're, we're going to play our hearts out, um, get them the ball back, um, and, you know, that's just how team football works, so... Hey, Max, what type of guy is Blake Mangelson? Because he seems like the type of dude that you'd want to sit down and have a hamburger with. I just want to know, what's, what's he like in the locker room? Because that guy's got the same type of motor you got. Hey, Blake's the man, dude. Yeah, he's, you know, he comes from a little small town. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk a lot. But, you know, the, the conversations I have with him, I've, I've grown a lot. Um, I've seen the kind of guy he is. He's an awesome man. You, yeah, and you see it on the field. He's, he's given everything he's got, every play. Um, making plays, running to the ball every, every play. So, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy you want on your defense. Um, you want everybody to play like him. So, Hey, Max, this place is pretty magical at night, isn't it? I mean, games at Lavelle late at night, whether it's a Friday or a Saturday, there's something special going on. Oh, yeah. No, it's surreal. You know, being out there on the field, being able to pump up the crowd at any given moment, you know, in big-time moments, you feel, the, you feel their energy. Um, everybody on the field feels that. Um, and, it, you know, it paid off huge tonight, you know. 
they were they were struggling with the snap count, struggling with false starts. So yeah, shout out to the Rock as always and everybody who shows up. Um, we love them. We need we need their support the whole season. So Max, thanks for the time. Congratulations on being our steel man. Atta boy, Max. Appreciate you. Thank you guys. All right, that's Max Tooley. Big O Tires Cougar postgame live continues after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. 35-27, BYU defeats Cincinnati. BYU led this game 14-10 at halftime. The Cougs would take a 21-10 lead in the third quarter. LJ Martin with his first of two touchdowns tonight. The helmet high snap, the give to Martin. Martin finds space to the right. Martin's got a first down and more. The 10, the 5, the touchdown. A 29-yard touchdown run for L.J. Martin. Shaking off tacklers and taking it in for six, and the Cougs expand their lead. That's just good old-fashioned power football. That it was, 21-10 after the PAT. Cincinnati field goal, 21-13, one-score game. And then just a beautiful play. Keaton Slovis avoiding pressure in the pocket. A nice little sidestep, and he finds Chase Roberts for a 59-yard score. Slovis awaits a shotgun snap from Paul Miley. Takes it at helmet height. Bearcats get in. Slovis a sidestep. Downfield. Roberts makes the catch at 40. 35-30. Chase 20. Chase 10. They're going to chase him into the end zone. Touchdown. Chase Roberts. And the Cougs expand the lead again. PAT good, 28-13. Since he comes back with a Shimon Mateo, beautiful catch, make it 28-20. And then the Cougs all but put this one out of reach. They got inside the one, and L.J. Martin finished off a five-play, 15-yard drive with this. Marion motions in from the right. The gives to L.J. L.J. looking yes. for the plane. The pile is pushed. In for six. Touchdown, Cougars! Now it's 34-20 with the PAT pending. LJ with the TD. It's his second of the night. PAT good, 35-20. Since he tacks on a score in the final minute, and 35-27 is our final score on this evening. We had the uh, medal mark. Steel man of the game, Palmer's medal mark, steel man of the game, Max Tooley, join us a moment ago. Let's get to our Waystar star of the game. Waystar, simplifying health care payments. Learn more at waystar.com. And Waystar brings us the star of the game. Who'd you pick for that tonight, Hans? Well, that's Chase Roberts. Six catches, 131 yards on a touchdown. And it's not just about that. Chase does it all. In fact, he lines himself up in the hands team situation where you've got an onside kick that's bearing down on you. You don't want to give the ball back to Cincinnati with whatever it was, 26 seconds left on the clock or 29 seconds left on the clock. That is a pressure-packed situation, and Chase is able to pull in the onside kick and end that game. But his routes are so good. His routes are so good. They're so clean. And he's got that breakaway speed, too. Cincinnati's got some speed in the backfield. They couldn't catch him. Once he got uh, past his corner on the deep slant, he was gone with that breakaway speed. So Chase Roberts, man, you deserve it. Big-time star of the game. All right, Chase Roberts, way star, star of the game. We'll take a break. We'll have more Big O Tires Cougar postgame live after this. Brought to you by Big O Tires. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. More from Provo coming up. Cougs win at 35-27 over Cincinnati on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Gentry joined Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Well, it's been almost 13 years since BYU played in a conference. It was 2010. BYU wrapped things up in the Mountain West. And here in 2023, BYU begins its Big 12 era. And tonight kicked off the Cougars' Big 12 home era. And BYU does so with a 35-27 win over the Cincinnati Bearcats. BYU goes to 1-1 one one in the Big 12 and 4-1 and one overall. So many big plays in this game. A game that needed game changers and game changing moments. And one of them came courtesy of, of our next guest. Long snapper Austin Riggs popping on the headset down on the field. Hey Austin, Greg Grubel and Hans Olsen upstairs here in the booth. Congratulations to you on the boys. And the boys on Big 12 win number one. Game changer. Yes, sir. It was an awesome <laughs> game tonight. We were grateful for it. And, I mean, there's nothing more than what we can do for Lavelle Edwards except bring home a dub. Hey, you've been packing on weight and speed. What's going on down there? <laughs> hey, we're just out here trying to make sure that if you look down the field, you don't see a long snapper. It's just another guy running down the field that you want to avoid. <laughs> Take us into the play that was really one of the, uh, one of the plays that helped uh, change the game or tip it finally in BYU's favor as you, as you recover a bouncing ball on a long punt by Ryan. Yes, sir. So um, as my responsibility as a long snapper, I'm here to snap a perfect ball to Ryan, give him the best opportunity to pump that ball and flip the field on the other team. Uh, and so we started with the snap, great snap. Uh, but Ryan, I mean, he does his job like anyone else. He just bombed that ball. And I was just grateful to be able to get down there at the right spot at the right time. And Marcus McKenzie actually uh, set that up. He's always out there being a dog and uh, getting after that uh, punt returner. So yeah, after that, I mean, you just got to do your job, too. I want to see you beat Marcus McKenzie down the field. <laughs> I think I would be switching positions if that was the case, <laughs> but I'll give it my best shot. So when did you notice what was happening in front of you? Uh, the punt returner wanted to let it bounce in front of him, but then he seemed kind of indecisive and, and did take a stab at it. Yeah, so we were obviously planning a lot on uh, every punt returner that we go after and some of their tendencies and uh, some of those decision makings. I mean, he's a great guy. He works uh, to try to get every open opportunity he can. Uh, but tonight we kind of took advantage of a little of that. And uh, when he went for that ball, we were ready for it. And uh, I mean, running down the field, you just think about it as any other day. Uh, practice, you're running down the field, going after the returner. And if you get the tackle, great. Uh, but tonight, when we got the recovery, I mean, I was totally fine until I realized that we had the ball in my hands. And, uh, yeah, we kind of got excited after that. And the team definitely welcomed me on the sideline. You know, Austin, I know that there's coach speak and there's player speak. And a lot of times you have to be like, oh, yeah, oh, no, they're a great team when they really aren't a great team. <laughs> this is a great team. I don't have to do the coach speak. I don't have to do the player speak. I can say it just how it is. This is a very good team. The week of preparation and you guys watching film, how good did they look to you? Oh, they're a phenomenal team. I mean, Cincinnati, it's not a shock that they were in the college football playoffs a couple years ago. And, I mean, we look at everyone's records and who they played and how they played just like anyone else in the stands, except uh, we're here to nitpick every mistake, but also, uh, you know, see the value that they have as a team and as a whole and see what we can do to take advantage of them. So, like you said, Cincinnati, it, it's not a shock that they put up a big fight against us. And uh, we were lucky just to just prepare throughout the week and come out with the dub on top. Austin, always good chatting with you. I loved our conversation at practice early this week. And fun to have you on the post game again. Congrats, congrats to you and the guys. Hey, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it as well. So, hey, thank, thank you very much. Thanks, Austin. 
All right, that's Austin Riggs. We'll come back with more of Big O Tires. Cougar Post Game Live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coaches shows on reaction. Here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 35 and Cincinnati 27 is our final score. BYU wins this game despite not getting to 300 yards of total offense. It's kind of funny. Uh, there was a stretch where BYU went uh, under Kalani. There was a point where they were 1-11 and 11 when gaining fewer than 300 yards of offense. And since that time, they've won four in a row <laughs> under 300 yards. Of offense, there are other ways to win football games. Sometimes you do it with lockdown defense. Tonight, that wasn't necessarily the case. I mean, Cincinnati gained 500 yards, but it's it's moments and it's ball security and it's it's uh, it's it's performing when your best is required. And BYU did a lot of those kinds of things in coming away with this uh, with this win tonight. So, Greg, I consider you a football scientist. You're oh. kind of the mad scientist of football. You no, I, well, you've seen it all. Y you've seen pretty much. You've you've you ran experiments with every type of football and every type of game. And the one thing that none of us can figure out is exactly how this thing works. As smart as you are. In game to game, game, the personality of games, what it's going to take to win a game, you just never know, do you? I would have never thought that BYU would go 30-plus on this Cincinnati defense. Now, it did take a pick six. It did take a muffed punt by Cincinnati that gave you uh, BYU, what was it, an 11-yard field or something 15 like that? 15-yard field. 15-yard field and gave them a really nice boost. But I would have never expected them to put 30-plus on this Cincinnati team. It's impressive what they were able to do in the second half. The, the stat that you threw out with Keaton Slovis and his pass completions <laughs> in the first half of this game and then – Turning it on with 36 seconds left in the second quarter, I, you just blink at a game like this and think, how is this even possible that they go out and get a win like this against a team that's going at 500 yards and, and these you know it's four consecutive wins, yardage under 300? It's hard to explain, but that's the beautiful game of football. You just don't know. What it will take. You just don't know what it'll take. And the couple guys that we talked to with, including Max Tooley, it, it takes special play from special people. And Chase Roberts was special tonight. You know, I thought Keaton Slovis had a special night, uh, it, it, especially in the second half of this game when the pressure wasn't on him. That sidestep to avoid a blitzing linebacker from Cincinnati. You had Dorian Jones that was just bearing down on you. And he sidesteps him like he's a Spanish matador with a big red cape, and you got a Spanish bull that's bearing down on you, and he just olays him. He just olay. And he's able to sidestep. And then, after sidestepping, has the wherewithal to plant his feet and put a ball about 38 yards in the air on the dime to Chase Roberts, who would beat his guy in a deep slant. I just... I'm really proud of how these guys played for for their for Kalani Sataki in this game. Yeah, the progression of Keaton's night really was interesting. Uh, through 29 minutes, he's one for seven for two yards. For 29 minutes, a full half with the exception of 36 seconds. And after one for seven for two yards, he goes 12 for 17 for 221 yards. 
two touchdowns and no picks and ends up at a 159.7. And if you're at 150 or better, your team's likely winning the game. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> that's, so, that's so good by him. And um, just, a great, just a great display of poise, too. He, he didn't get rattled because he took a couple shots. Hey, there was a play, Greg, when I felt like the game was on the line and in question. Is this when he almost takes a safety, a sack, and he almost takes a sack in the end zone or that's gets hit in the end zone? That's gets, why I, gets that, rid of the football. That's why I call you the, science, the, the scientist of football because you know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. It's exactly the play. There was a pressure that came off the left side of the offensive line, and he's still holding it, and he's standing five yards deep in the end zone, and he takes a shot in the back and releases it as he's going down to get rid of that thing. And for a second, I thought, uh-oh, intentional grounding in the end zone. That's a safety, but it wasn't. There was a receiver in the area. And th that, to me, moments like that kind of save a game. So Keenan Slovis did a lot of things outside of just throwing a ball to Chase Roberts to get this win. Let's also know before the break that BYU was clean tonight. Zero turnovers. And here's a number for you. 28-4. and four. That's Kalani's record when they don't turn the ball over. 28 and 4. That's nearly 90% at a win rate. Just be clean, and BYU was tonight. Let's take a break. Tell you that if tailgating is not your thing, but you still want to eat good after the game, JCW's has mouth watering burgers and shakes the whole family can enjoy. JCW's before or after the game. Quality and a lot of it. More of Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. BYU 35, Cincinnati 27. Tonight's final score. More player and coach conversations still to come from the BYU side. But Cincinnati's Scott Satterfield, their head coach, spoke with media moments ago. And our appreciation to audio engineer Clark Jackman for getting these comments from Coach Satterfield a short time ago here in Provo. Here's the coach of the Bearcats. Coach. Uh, just first, first of all, just congratulations to BYU, the first Big 12 win. Got a lot of respect for for Coach over there in, in this program and, and the way they do things. Um, first class um, program, and um, you know, great environment here tonight. And you know, this is Big 12 football, man. This is awesome. And um, you know, our, our guys came out tonight. We came up on the short end of a stick, but but they played hard. Continue to play hard all the way to the very end. Um, you know, love the fight that we had. Um, you know, this game came down to two turnovers and. Um, you know, one that went for a touchdown for BYU, and oh, the other one basically went for a touchdown inside the 10. So, um, you know, that was the difference in the game tonight. We didn't create any turnovers uh, tonight, um, you know, and, uh, you know, they made more plays than we did is the bottom line, and they come out, on, you know, ahead and got the win. The uh, possession at the end of the first half. Yes. Would you have liked to see something different defensively, or what did you really see? Going well, on? yeah, uh, I think, you know, we, we the, the first play, um, you know, we dropped eight thinking, you know, I'll try to keep everything underneath us. Rush three. He had a lot of time back there on that particular play and ended up hitting a crosser all the way across the field for probably 35, 40 yards and kind of got their drive started. Um, now I think we had a PI after that and then uh, miscommunication in the back end. They had a guy free. And, um, you know, that was a lot of momentum for them right before the half. Our defense had really, you know, played great the whole first half and, and, and really done some great things. And they got that to come out of the second half. And, um, you know, we, we went three and out and they went down to score, you know, which that was a two score difference there. And, um, 
you know, then, you know, our, our, we did a second half, we played great uh, back and forth game. And then, you know, we stopped them on defense. And then we, the punt return, um, we hit the ball and, and, and they, they recovered right there. So that was, again, the difference in the second half. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it come down to those turnovers. I mean, Emory on the first one, um, uh, miscommunication, the wide receiver, it was zone coverage. The wide receiver sat it down as he should have. Emory threw it as he was going to keep crossing. And, you know, there was nobody there, you know, except for their guy and pick six. And, you know, can't have that mistake, obviously. Um, a very, very costly mistake that um, that got them seven points on the board. Other, uh, in the first half where we dominated the first half, really, and we come into halftime, we're not winning. Have you seen a part of many games where the best is just kind of one-sided? Not many. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's, it's the first half particularly. Um, you know, we, we had the ball basically the whole first half and, and dominated the yards, the time of possession, everything, and, and really, you know, should have been up 10 by 10 points, and but we wasn't. You know, and, and that, that was, that's the way football is. You have to make the plays when they're there, and they, they were very uh, they were very good at that. They, they made the plays when, when they had to make them. And, uh, you know, again, right before halftime, that was a huge momentum for them to be able to drive down and get that, get that touchdown. That's true. Scott Satterfield, head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Let's break away from him and get down to field level and hear from BYU's Jacob Robinson. Jacob with his third pick of the season, seventh of his BYU career, and it got BYU on the board. First score of the night in a game the Cougars win by a score of 35-27. Jacob, good to have you on again. Congratulations on Big 12 win number one. Hey, thank you for having me. All right, uh, you got the scoring underway. We saw BYU uh, give up a couple scores to the opposing defense last week, and that's always big for any team who wins a game. And tonight it was the table's turn. Maybe you could talk us through your pick six. Uh, so, yeah, we are just in man coverage. Uh, we're supposed to pass it off. I actually did it wrong. Uh, we weren't supposed to pass it off on, on that man coverage play, but uh, good thing my teammates got my back. So <laughs> I saw someone coming towards me, and then I uh, just looked at the quarterback and jumped it and started running. I, I love the explanation on it because, Jacob, as I was calling it uh, or explaining it, it looked like you were on a man press with man responsibility, but for one reason or the other fell off in a zone look once the cross occurred. But you were supposed to stay man and actually follow the cross? Yeah, sometimes it just depends what man coverage we're in, but we'll pass it off. And so that specific one I wasn't supposed to, so... And, and then you, you fall off of it, and you see the quarterback's eyes. I want you to, as, as much as you can, take BYU fans into that moment. You see the ball leave the quarterback's hands. You're in position to catch it. Now walk us through what you're seeing as you're catching the ball. Do you just see open field? And in your mind, are you just thinking six? Yeah, so I heard, I heard the crowd go crazy, uh, <laughs> just green grass, just all the jitters and just kept running, so. Is there a better feeling in life? Uh, no, no better feeling. <laughs> and that's your first, uh, your first defensive touchdown, right? Uh, yes, sir. So not at Utah State, and uh, and of course, so, so, I guess, so I guess the last touchdown you scored would, would have been what? And at Orem High? Yeah, Orem High. Yep. Were you playing offense or defense for that? Uh, it might have been a kick return, or there was one that I had on defense, but. Okay. All right. Either way, it's been a little while, uh, and and uh, this was a. I mean, it was just a weird game in a lot of ways. The offense took a while to get going, yet Cincinnati wasn't pulling away from you in the first half. You were doing just enough to keep it a game. Really kind of a strange game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very strange. When you guys were going through your film review and you were watching this Cincinnati offense, how much attention were you paying to Emory Jones and his ability to scramble out of the pocket? Uh, for me, I just watched the receivers uh, mainly. I watched the schemes and uh, route combinations, so... That's me, what I watched, basically. And then I wouldn't really focused on uh, 
the quarterback scrambling, but that's more the linebackers. So. Largest crowd uh, at BYU since uh, 2009. Jacob, did it feel like uh, did it feel like that kind of crowd tonight? Yes, it was so loud. They were they uh, they were so crazy. It's just always so fun to be in the Villa. All right, so you, you played your first Big 12 game last week. You get your first Big 12 win tonight, and you're 4-1 through five games heading into a bye week. I know you want to be 5-0, and but how do you feel about a 4-1 and record right now? Uh, it feels amazing. Uh, a win's a win, so just excited to be out here with my boys and, and uh, in Lavelle Edwards. So. I'm, I'm curious how some of these Cincinnati receivers, Xavier Henderson or, or D. Wiggins or Braden Smith, how they compared to some of those Arkansas receivers, just their, their speed and their ability. Yeah, they were they were great. Uh, I thought they were just as good as the Arkansas receivers. They were fast, they were physical, uh, could run really good routes. So, yeah, props to them too. Jacob, thanks as always for the time. Congratulations on uh, Kalani's 10th pick six your first one. Hopefully there's more to come. Either way, congrats tonight. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right, that is Jacob Robinson with us on Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Hey, fans, remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 on the app or at Papa John's tomorrow. That's tomorrow and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location tomorrow only. Use the code BYU50. More from Provo after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. BYU 35, Cincinnati 27, tonight's final. Since he came into tonight, 14th in rushing, 14th in total offense. A program that was in the CFP two years ago. They were 14-1 in their last 15 night games. They've done a lot of things well in getting to 2-2. Two and two. BYU goes to 4-1. and one. With the win tonight, let's head down to the field. Isaac Rex is on headset with us. Isaac, good to have you on again. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Very good. good. Well, let's keep let's keep doing this, especially after wins. So this was a, a weird one. Uh, BYU led 14-10 at halftime somehow. Maybe you could tell us about the somehow tonight. Yeah, I feel like up until that, uh, that 40 seconds at the end or 50 seconds, I think we had like two passing yards and 30 rushing yards it was definitely uh kind of embarrassing in the beginning but in order to you know get things rolling to get that two minute drive and the score was so important for us and uh get our momentum going in the second half and i thought we played really well in the second half and our defense kept it kept us in us or kept us in it um, in the first half. So it was awesome to watch. Well, Isaac, they came out and got physical with you from the jump. Just talk about the type of coverage they tried to put on you, especially to start this game. Uh, yeah, they're kind of bracketing me. Um, they're, they were sending a lot of guys to the flats and the safety over the top. So that should open it up for the other guys. So I'm glad I can, you know, be a little decoy tonight. Um, but also, yeah, they're getting hands on me on the outside. You know, I felt like a... I got one call, but maybe I should have got another. But, uh, you know, you can never just rely on the refs, you know. So I got to do a better job at, you know, maybe uh, creating some separation stuff. Yeah, that th there was a no call that was down kind of the, the right side from where we're at in the booth. And it, it did look like he kind of tripped you up on your feet. Did you feel like that was uh, a missed call? Uh, Yeah, sure. But, you know, I'm not going to go 
going to complain about it. So yeah. I got to work on what I need to, you know, fix to make it better. It's just always interesting to me, the guy that was actually there and in the play and in the moment. I mean, I've been on the field enough, and, and I know when I'm held or when something's going on. And, and people sit outside and, and can make their judgment. But the person that's actually in it, I think it's always interesting to get their thoughts on that. Yeah, and I'm sure I got away with some stuff this year, <laughs> too. <so>. a guy. <laughs> uh, Keaton got going. Uh, it seemed like it was that last drive in the first half, and then he just kind of continued it on to the second half. When he gets into a bit of a rhythm, uh, it's, it's fun to watch, isn't it? Oh, so fun to watch. And him and Chase were money tonight, and Kibo and Keelan and, and Darius. Everyone was, you know, having a good time. And, yeah, I feel like, you know, when we open it up for Keaton, he makes things happen. And he's a gunslinger. He's been a gunslinger his whole college career, and it's uh, so fun to watch and play with. Uh, Isaac, this is a really good team. I, I've been telling everybody that I can talk to about it. I talked about it all week on my show, how good Cincinnati is. It's a really good team. When you guys were preparing for them did you see this as a top end defense oh for sure their front uh, three i mean they played a lot of odds so their front three is is really aggressive really strong really shifty and they got good backers they got a good secondary um yeah and we watching the cincinnati tape it was you know it was really uh challenging you know just how are we going to prepare for these guys i know they held oklahoma to you know, I think 20 points. And yep. Oklahoma was scoring like crazy this whole year. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, well, Cincinnati was really good, especially in the first half. You know, we couldn't couldn't do anything. But luckily, once we started opening it up more and the guys were making some more plays, it, um, yeah, we were able to get some things going. Isaac, I saw some improvements with the offensive line in the run game. I really did. I, I saw some nice backside seals. I saw one backside combo that was so good that L.J. Martin was actually able to run off the backside of the backside combo. So it felt like the blocking in the run game got better. How much did you guys emphasize that during the week of preparation? Yeah, that was a huge emphasis for us, and I felt like they did a great job today. And, um, you know, and maybe sometimes stats don't, don't say everything, but, man, L.J. was able to get in the end zone twice, and, you know, we were able to – make some key conversions on running the ball. So, yeah, the, the offensive line, I thought, played amazing tonight. How special do, uh, do late-night games at Lavelle Edwards Stadium feel to you now? They're very special, but ever since I got a kid, I'm, like, way too tired because I've been <laughs> going to bed at, like, 9. And so I've been trying to force myself to stay up this, this week because I knew it was going to be a late game. But I think I fell asleep on the couch, like, three times because, you know, when you have a kid, you – you, once he goes to bed, you got to go to bed so you get your rest. But uh, these late night games for an old man like me are getting pretty, uh, pretty late. Hey, Greg, where do we stand on the all-time record? Is he still tied with Gordon? Hudson? He's still tied with Gordon Hudson, touchdown-wise. He'll get the next one. We'll, 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 he'll break the record. It's still coming. Well, it's going to happen in Texas, man. Get this bye week going and, and get yourself out to TCU. How excited are you to get on the road and, and see a TCU team? I know that you didn't play on those BYU teams that would get in those brew halls with them, but it's got to be fun, the thought of heading out to Texas and taking on the Horn Frogs. No, yeah, that was a big rivalry back in the day. You know, there were some really good BYU teams and TCU teams. I know College day, Game Day came to one of those games uh, back in the day. And so when they were in the Mountain West, they were going at it. That was a, Those were two juggernauts in the Mountain West. Um, and then obviously TCU left. But, uh, yeah, the, the fact that we're able to play them again in a conference is pretty cool. So, yeah, we have to get prepared. They're a great team, and uh, it's going to be a, a good week, a good bye week. 
All right, Isaac, try to get some sleep and then get some rest in the bye week, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys ready to roll in Fort Worth. Yep, appreciate you guys. Good All night. right, thanks. That's Isaac Rex. Let's see if uh, Mitchell Jurgens can uh, track down Chase Roberts. Chase just went across the end zone. I think we'll be able to pop a headset on Chase for a minute or two. Uh, Mitch, what do you think? What are the chances of that happening? Oh, it'll happen. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> all right, all right. So I see Mitch uh, tracking down Chase right now. Uh, Chase is being a good guy and taking selfies with the fans who've hung out for him. And so Mitch is going to wander over to Chase. We'll pop the headset on Chase, get a few words from him. Then we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll be ready to talk with uh, Kalani Sitake in his locker room and get into our uh, postgame coaches show brought to you by the BYU Creamery. So uh, Mitch is tracking down Chase. Once the headset's on Chase, we can get a couple minutes with him and then continue our post-game coverage. And uh, Chase follows up uh, what have been good weeks with uh, a fantastic week tonight. Six catches for 131 and a touchdown, a long of 59. He was targeted nine times, six catches, and a big part of BYU's 35-27 win over the Cincinnati Bearcats. And uh, keeping an eye on Chase. Chase still doing the, doing the selfie line down there, Hans. Yeah, it's so much fun to see him loving up these kids and... These different people coming down, handing them the cell phone, putting a big grin on. Chase, Chase, can we get a selfie with you? And you know they're going to be put it on their social media as soon as they possibly can. And now it's Greg and hands upstairs saying, Chase, Chase, put the headset on. Chase, how you doing? Hey, Chase. Good. How you doing, guys? Doing yeah. very, very well. Good. Well, uh, one of the more interesting games we've had the chance to call yeah. as it went from almost nothing happening to suddenly everything happening. All as What's the movie? Everything, everywhere, all at once. That was kind of BYU <laughs> tonight with the offense. What a, what, what a change of events and a change of fortune in a positive way for you guys. Yeah, no, we loved it. I mean, obviously, we didn't start the way we wanted to, but um, right at the end of that, that second quarter, we, we got the momentum going. And that's what we needed going into the second half. And we just kept it rolling and, and got out with the win. Hey, Chase, when that lawnmower comes back around, throw your helmet in it. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that a loud one. Hey, um, I, I want to know, because things really did open up in the passing game. Did they change something on coverage? Or did you guys come to a huddle and say, hey, look, uh, this is starting to open, whether it's safety depth or the way they were manning you up? Like, yeah. were, were there things that you saw that led to a, a conversation with Slovis and, and, and the improvement in the passing? Yep, exactly. So they started jumping outside a lot, and they were trying to take away those deep balls on the outside. So we slipped our, our routes um, inside, and that's when we hit that, that long, um, some of those long plays, you know, at the end of that second quarter. And then um, you kept going with it, you know, going and releasing inside and getting those uh, uh, big yard plays um, with inside releases. So, you know, we always talk after every play and what they're doing, what their tendencies are, and how we can change up our, our offense. So six catches, career-high 131 yards, and a score. And the score was a thing of beauty, not just the catch and the run into the end zone, but how Keaton kept the play alive. I don't know if you've seen it yet all the way through. Have you seen what Keaton was dealing with back there? I haven't, but I saw his nose was all bloody up, like bloodied up, so I'm sure something uh, something happened. He was it on that play? Because he did take a hit in the face. I noticed yeah. that, too. He did take a swipe across the helmet. That yeah. was it? Yep, he said it was that play. So wow. I'll uh, have to go rewatch it. Chase, what's it like to – catch that deep slant and you're running you got two defenders just right on your heels what's that like what's going through your mind as you're out running them and you see blue end zone i mean it's just uh hopefully i don't get caught you know i just <laughs> i just you know go and run foot race um i didn't think i had that kind of speed <laughs> i thought i was gonna get caught but you know just you know running and uh um striding trying to get trying to get to the end zone but it was a special feeling to be able to get in there and uh and out, outrun them all right, uh, four and one through five games. Your, your assessment of that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to, to have the momentum going into this bye week um, and going into the TCU game. Uh, I feel like this is huge, you know, being 4-1 and one instead of 3-2 uh, and two and, and having a long bye week. So um, we're going to build on this momentum, learn from our mistakes, and, and go take it to TCU. Hey, Chase, that receiver room is feeling like it's thinned down a little bit with Kingston, who didn't really see time today, and I know he was cleared, and Epps, who hasn't been on the field. Is the room feeling a little bit thin, or do you guys feel like you're on the edge of getting some dudes back and, and getting back to full health? I mean, it's football. People are going to get hurt. People are going to, you know, go through some injuries. So it's just next man up. And I feel like we have the depth, even if some more people get hurt, that we can stick to it and um, run the plays that we want to run. So um, whatever happens, happens. And uh, we hopefully we get Parker and Cody back on the field. They're great players. Uh, but we're just going to go with the flow and, and see what happens. And I feel, I feel very confident whatever happens. Hey, Chase, nice job on Kalani's show on Tuesday night. Thanks again for that. And thanks again yeah. for this post-game interview. Best of luck to you. Of course. Thank you so much. Hey, come up here and get a selfie with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Chase Roberts. Uh, and this is Big O Tires Cougar post-game live coming to you live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo. And I think Mitch has is going to go from one half of the touchdown combination to the other. Uh, Keaton Slovis is wrapping up another interview. I think as soon as, Keaton, as soon as Keaton is done with that, Mitch will pop the headset on him, and we'll get Keaton. And then we still got Kalani still to come uh, with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. That's still to come from Kalani's locker room area. So a lot still to get to as we continue talking about this 35-27 win. BYU over Cincinnati. The Cougs do, do go to 4-1 and one on the year, and 1-1 one and one in the Big 12. First Big 12 win for the newcomers at least, goes to BYU. That's going to be the case because it was the first game of the weekend. It was a Friday night game. And, Hans, it's just nice to have that one in the left-hand column in the conference standings again. Oh, and this is a good one. It, it really is. I, any BYU fan that's driving home and, you know, you're getting caught in the social media race of Cincinnati's just not a good team. Uh, they've got three losses. Stop it. Stop it right now. They've got good personnel. That's a really good coaching staff. They were 14-1 in their last 15 night games as well. They were playing well at night. They're a program that over the last five-plus seasons is the sixth winningest team in the FBS. Yeah, I'm not joking about this team. I, 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 I don't have to blow smoke. It's not my job. If they sucked, I would tell you they suck. If they had different gaps and areas of poor play, I would tell you. But this is a very good Cincinnati team. And a team that BYU defeats by a score of 35-27. Keaton Slovis has popped the headset on down on the field. Well, uh, Chase just said he hasn't really seen. Hi, uh, by the way, hi, Keaton. Greg and hands upstairs. Um, Chase just said he hasn't seen yet all of the play where you found him for the touchdown. But he does know that you took a hit in the face on that play. And I saw on the replay that you did take a swipe across the helmet. Tell us how badly you got hit. And then maybe talk us through what you saw in getting Chase open for that score. Yeah, I got a little nick on my nose to show for it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, honestly, I was, I was kind of surprised because uh, I got hit in the face and kind of <laughs> lost vision. And, honestly, I was throwing a Kibo on the cross, and um, I look up and Chase is running the end zone. So I was, I was kind of shocked, and I looked at the replay, and Chase makes a heck of a play, kind of makes me right. Uh, I was hoping to get hands to the face, but, you know, it, it works out uh, in, your, in, your, in our favor there and uh, got bailed out. So are you, saying, are you saying Chase wasn't the truly intended receiver there? It was for, it was for Keanu? Yes, it was not intended for Chase. I mean, hey, <laughs> it worked out. What? Uh, it worked out the way it was supposed to work out, but, uh, you know, honestly, the spacing wasn't uh, how it usually ends up, but uh, it did work out that way. I am floored. I am actually shocked that that's how that worked out because Greg and I looked at each other like, what just happened? Because it just went through one receiver to the next, but then I thought, oh, for sure Keaton had Chase in his sights on that one, but that was a, a true 2-1 receiver. It ended up in another's hands. 
Yeah, I wish I wish I could have told you. Yeah, I was trying to throw a chase there, but uh, I got again. I got bailed out. And I really loved what you did in the pocket there, just to get into a position to throw that football. I know you took a swat, but the sidestep to square and throw—it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, that's a uh, free rusher. You gotta make a miss and try to extend the play. Obviously, you know. I, I think I tried to get, again, too much on it, but, again, it worked out on us. Uh, okay, so I'm actually glad that you clarified that because Dorian Jones, middle linebacker, he's 6'1", 235 pounds of ticked-off anger, and he's bearing down on you. And I'm watching him come in untouched, and I'm thinking, hold on, running back, is that a check down from the offensive line? But you're saying that that's a free rusher. That's a guy that's your responsibility. Um, I, uh, <laughs> we need to do a better job communicating the point. I think there's some miscommunication between the O-line and the back, but... Uh, you know, the way it shook out, I understood that, you know, we miscommunicated and he'd be free, if that makes sense. Awesome. That does make sense. Well, it's a 60-minute football game, and you needed all 60 to get where you wanted to be because the first half was, uh, was was an unusual one for the offense, wasn't it? Yeah, it was ugly. And we, I think we only had three or four drives, really, for the last one. So uh, it was ugly. I got to play better. Um, and really, that's that's it. If I play better, I think we have a better chance to, uh, you know, get out field goal range or get into field goal range, get in the scoring position. And uh, luckily, we had the one going into half, and uh, that kind of got some momentum for us. You had your ball. That ball was in your hand in the end zone, and you were getting pressured. You felt the hit. You got it out of your hand. Take us into that moment where you had the near safety, but you were able to save that two points in that possession. Kind of walk us through that moment. Yeah, they really had like the perfect call for our our uh, pass play we had and. Uh, they ran zone, and uh, again, like, O-line does a good job. There's going to be one extra to the hot side, and again, we have a mesh call. They're coming away for the mesh, and, um, you know, it's it's tough. When you feel them behind you, you can't really, you don't know how long you have to wait, but, you know, once you feel it, you know you have to get in your hands, and uh, that's when you're the quarterback. You just have to know where the where the eligible receivers are so you can, you know, not get grounding. Yep. Your thoughts on going into the bye week at 4-1 and one with this football team, Keaton? Yeah, it's a pretty good feeling. Obviously, want to be 5-0, and oh, but uh, given the loss last week, I thought we responded really well, and handled it really well. It's the best thing we could do uh, after that. So, uh, you know, we got a lot to improve, but I think knowing that we can improve a lot and still get better, uh, it's, it's a great spot to be at. I, I know you're only talking about and thinking about getting the next one, but the fact of life is that you need two more wins to get bowl eligible, and you got seven cracks at it. I'm not talking about probabilities or anything, but th that, 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 that's a good goal to have, isn't it, in your first year in the Big 12 to at least be playing in a bowl? Yeah, it's obviously, you know, we'd be happy to be doing that. We'd be fortunate to be doing that. But, uh, you know, we have higher expectations, I think, than the public has for us as a team. Uh, you know, we, we have a lot of good football players here. I think we uh, beat some good football teams. We played some good football teams. So I think, you know, we, we want to, you know, hopefully be better than that. But, again, be fortunate to get any opportunity we can to, to play in the postseason. Uh, so, Keaton, other than the fist to the snozzle, um, are, how's your body? How's your health? I got, I got, what, two weeks to get right? I'll be fine. I'm good. good. I'm good. Good. Keaton, great having you on as always. Fun talking to you after wins and rest up. And we look forward to seeing you down in Fort Worth. Great game, Keaton. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, guys. All right. That is BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis. Let's do this. Uh, before we head to break uh, and get ready for Kalani, uh, Mitch is, by the way, going to head back into the locker room, make sure Kalani's good to go. Let's uh, duck back into uh, Scott Satterfield's postgame comments. We heard a couple minutes worth, but there was some more from him. Let's see what he had to say, head coach of the Bearcats, after his team falls to BYU 35-27 tonight. Hear a little bit more from Scott Satterfield, then we'll take a break and get Kalani around the corner. Here's Coach Satterfield. Yeah. Yeah, because we were down eight. You know, we're thinking we got to stop. Now we got to go drive, get a two-point play in. Now we got a ball game. And um, you know, it, you know, Brady's got to do. He got to go field the ball first of all. It was a, it was a, you know, this guy can punt, and it was a, it was a little bit shorter. So, 
he kind of was sitting there waiting on it, and all of a sudden it landed right in front of him. And, and he's fearless. He's going to try to get the ball. When it took one of those huge hops, you know, he's thinking, I can just get it, and it bounces over his head, and he barely gets a finger on it. Obviously, you, you don't want to touch the ball in that scenario, um, particularly you know, when we just stopped him and, and the way the ball game was at. And, uh, but he's fighting to try to make plays. We've got to be smarter there. Um, he'll tell you that as well. He's very competitor. Of great competitors we saw on the last touchdown when he went over the top to catch that. So, um, you know, but you got to be smart in that situation. And um, I felt like that's when we started to grab the momentum. You know, once we stopped them and we got the got them to punt and we go down, we, now we're going to make this a, a tied ball game and, and they get it right back and, and get another score. Was the elevation an issue at all? Like? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I think our guys were fighting. They, they continued to play all the way to the very end. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to use that as any kind of excuse. I mean, I think our guys. You know, they just made more plays than we did and came out. You know, one more touchdown. Do you think the offense took a step forward where you wanted to be? Well, I mean, I saw we did some good things again tonight. Um, you know, rushed for what, 242, three for two. I mean, you know, we moved the ball again. Um, did better scoring tonight. Um, obviously, scored some touchdowns. Um, yeah, I'm proud of that. Uh, you just it's the turnovers. I mean, you, you cannot turn the football over, and we've had too many. Um, is the bottom line. Um, you know, BYU last week had a couple of turnovers and they lost the game to, to Kansas. That was the difference in that game last week. Otherwise, they're going to, you know, they would have won that one. Um, you know, and, and it kind of flipped this week for us, and um, and, and that's the difference. Did you well, they're not going to stop doing what they do. I mean, they got some talented receivers out on the outside. Their tight end is very, very talented. Uh, big, big receiver. Um, number two's, you know, great player. Um, you know, the, the one touchdown, he wasn't throwing to number two, and, and the ball sailed on him, and then number two just came off out of nowhere and, and caught it and scored. I mean, it was a fluke play. And we had a linebacker Easy. in the backfield and, and missed the tackle. Um, Jones missed the tackle back there, and Slovis overthrew his intended target. And, um, and Threats is back there getting ready to catch it, and then two just comes in front of him and, and, and makes him score the touchdown. It's a heck of a play, um, not how they drew it up. You know, but I think they're going to continue to, to throw the football to those guys. Slovis, that's what he does. And, um, you know, we anticipated coming in here and getting some turnovers. And, um, you know, because last week they did turn the ball over. There was a couple of other throws that, that were made that uh, could have been picked as well last week. And, um, you know, he didn't do as much of that tonight. All right, that's Scott Satterfield. We'll hear from BYU's Kalani Sitake. After this, this has been Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU song. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU's first Big 12 home game results in BYU's first Big 12 victory. 35-27 over the Cincinnati Bearcats. This is BYU Creamery. Cougar postgame coaches show. Greg Rubel hands Olsen up in the booth. And Kalani Sitake down in the Cougar locker room. Kalani, congratulations to you and the guys on Big 12 win numero uno. Thank you, gentlemen. It was, it was a rough one, but we'll take it. We just keep keep trying to build on it. <laughs> what is the feeling like this at a post game where it's, it's just a wild ride, high energy. Is it just feel like an adrenaline dump for you right now, Kalani? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I'm such, a, I'm just in head coaching mode right now where I'm like, <laughs> this is not the way it was supposed to end. It was supposed to end a, a different way. That I mentioned in the press conference, just the, the sequence of events at the end of the game really upset me, the beginning for the offense and uh, but but you know the guys showed. Uh, I just love how our guys just uh, there's just such great fight and resilience in them that um, you know it gives us a chance. But 
we we would have been really disappointed had we lost this one because of of not taking care of the little things and that's uh, I said it before that's my job I got I, I got to get this thing rolling better and making sure that we're transitioning in, into wins better and um, playing at our best so I, I'm going to focus on that during the the bye week and Scott Satterfield already kind of told you or, or kind of shared the feelings but if you look at just the numbers. There are enough numbers there to say that Cincinnati should have won the football game. But then you look a little deeper and you see that minus two in the margin can be a determining factor. And, and, and minus three was a margin number that worked against you last week. And plus two works for you this week. It was, it was huge to be turnover free tonight. Yeah, and that, that's the, uh, you know, and you, you add the, the uh, fourth down stops. I think we got a couple of them, right? Yep. So that, that changes the whole game. And, um, you know, I, I think we played better cleaner with without some some uh some penalties um but but just still room for improvement i i, I like uh, where we're at right now but uh and I, I think we're really close to getting to that point where we can peak and and handle that that high standard of play um just right now just i just did not like the way it ended i i wish uh defense didn't give that score and that we didn't have to rely on the on the you know, on the uh, that good hands team, and then we didn't have the we didn't have the high snap when we're in the red zone and in scoring position to make it a three score game. You you've got to finish those. You can't make these mistakes, and those are very just get a get let's get a better snap. Let's let's uh, not lose our focus, and let's make sure we take care of all the little things. And that's I said that's my job. I I got to make sure that we do a better job football IQ defensively. I'm just wrapping all the stuff that's coming to my mind. Yeah. Make tackles in inbounds. Don't let the guys get to the sideline. They have no timeouts. They, they don't even have a chance to, to score. They don't even have a chance to kick the field goal, to, to kick an onside kick if we just made made two or three tackles inbounds. Yeah, th these are things you're you're definitely uh, concerned about, but you get to be concerned about them with a four and one record. So th there's a balance here of you needing and wanting to clean up a lot of things and still realizing that you got to the bye week at four and one. That's right, and I, I think the, the 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 thing for me is to know that there needs to be some praise on the things that we're doing well. If all we're focused on is the mistakes and the the, the negative things, then that's all that's all it becomes about. And and I want to see our guys should be happy. They're, we're four and one. We're going to the bye week. We're gonna we're gonna run through a, a, a seven week string of play of of, of games um, and and in conference games, which is gonna be a lot of fun, right? But and we have a, a good number of those at home too. So. It, it'll be a fun game, a uh, fun opportunity for us. But we keep building on on the positive things, and then just correcting the the, the negative parts. I, those are very fixable. A high snap, make a field goal. Uh, but if we didn't have the high snap, we're closer field goal. Get get the uh, take care. Keep taking care of the football. Find more opportunities on defense to make better tackles and just cleaner football. We 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 can get that done, and, and uh, that's what the focus is going to be on the bye week. Well, I love that our listeners get to see kind of the inside of a head coach and some of the things that you have to go through even in a win you're still dealing with a lot of things that you want to get better but i want to start with something that i saw that really did improve the backside blocking on the combos in the run game felt a lot better it actually felt like there's going to be some good run blocking and it felt like this offensive line took a step forward in the run blocking today what, what did you see from where you stood yeah I, I thought so too but but uh, you know i think when when teams crowd the box and and throw their safeties that low you have to, it opens up the throw game so you you just throw it behind them and 
Keaton's really good at throwing the deep ball, and um, we have very capable receivers that can make plays. And um, you know, I, I felt like the the uh, at some point you got to make people, you got to make them pay for for trying to stop your run game. And and a little bit the the pass game opened up the run a little bit for us tonight. You know, and I just wish we had had that figured out and had that going from the beginning of the game. It just seemed like our defense was out there for so long, and our offense wasn't able to get in a rhythm, get things going until the last drive, the last 40 seconds of the half. And then, um, you know, for that, as many as we had, what, 50, 50 some, 53 plays? 53, 53. Plays. They had 84. Yeah, 53 plays to put up 27 points on uh, 28 points on offense Yeah, is is pretty good. Uh, we, we need to sustain drives, uh, get first downs, um, get chunk yardage that way, and then and then – uh, on defense, get off the field and get the ball back to our offense. So, just a lot of things are still fixed. But uh, I, I, I like the way our guys fight. I like that they just they don't ever get too down. It's, it's not like you face some adversity. Our guys are used to it. I think we've had enough adversity to learn from now. So let's learn as much as we can, get better, and fix it all by the time we get get to the field against TCU. It is the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. More with Kalani in two minutes on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU Cougars now two wins away from postseason eligibility, going to 4-1 on the year with a 35-27 win over Cincinnati. Let's get to the Economics Partners valuable stat of the game, brought to you by Economics Partners, whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes when your business needs a valuation. The right partner is Economics Partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. We're going to go with this number. Uh, in the Kalani Sitake era, BYU is now 28-4, and when they have zero giveaways, zero turnovers. And tonight was one of those nights. Tonight was win number 28. BYU goes zero giveaways, goes plus two in the margin, and beats the Bearcats 35 to 27. Coach Satterfield just said a moment ago, Kalani, that uh, the turnovers are the reason Kansas or beat BYU last week, and, and they were a big reason that uh, that you ended up on the positive side tonight. Yeah, and, and, and it's something that um, you have to make an emphasis. And... and it's weird because some guys don't want to if, – if they're always talking – if you're always talking about turnovers, 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 take care of the football, then a lot of quarterbacks don't thread the needle. They don't make – they don't be aggressive. Um, but it's, it's to me it's like protecting the ball when you're carrying the ball, whether you're receiver, running back, tight end, or even on defense when you get an interception. It, it's uh, on a punt return. Things that guy Anybody that has a ball in their hand – needs to protect that that that's that's more effort than anything and more a mindset the interceptions that happen sometimes like the one against i, I think uh, the key and i just wish he wouldn't have tried to f- make the play by himself last week right um this week i thought he was better he did thread the needle a couple times like man okay but you know <laughs> I, I think i think those ones you can kind of live with because you want a guys your guys to be aggressive it's it's the 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 fumbles that i think we can really protect and it's the the, you know they 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 had a um, the ball on on the punt right it just bounced over him and the guy just tipped it I mean that that that's just unfortunate but 
we've been on the bad end of that last week, and um, that is, other than the scoreboard, that 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 is the the most important stat for us. And and um, I don't want people thinking, well, they they got a turnover. Oh no, they're in trouble. But um, we need to create more turnovers on our side too. And we need to find ways to get more t more more turnovers on defense. That's 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 that's. I know Jay wants that. All right, so Kalani, take me into. 36 seconds left in the half. You guys are down 10-7. Greg and I were going back and forth during the broadcast, and I said, hey, look, you know, you might be satisfied with kneeling out the 36 seconds and going down at half, or, hey, you might want to take some safe throws, nothing crazy, and you guys come right out with a throw down the middle over the top of a middle linebacker that was sagging into coverage, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Take me into the conversation between you and Aaron Roderick with that 36 seconds left before the half where you really got things going. Well, it was uh, A-Rod was talking about different plays with, with Fessy, and they were talking on, uh, on, you know, on the headphones. I was just letting them have the conversation, and I'm glad that they both saw things on the same page. You know, it's, they haven't done anything all night in the beginning of the first half. It doesn't really matter right now um, about – about going in happy with the, with the score only being down you know, a field goal it was like hey we, we've got to set a precedence here and and we want our players to see that we're going to be aggressive and it, it's the same thing on defense jay blitzed quite a bit and some of the blitzes didn't work some of the coverages we were wrong on but it's that mindset of like hey we want to go win this we're not just going to sit back and let you just do whatever you want you know and so offensively the same thing we, we want to get you know, get things going and get our fans into the game. Once they got into the game, man, it was freaking, it was special, you know. <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah, so let's take that, let's take advantage of that. And and uh, we knew that we weren't going to get the ball in the second half, but I think the the mindset was be aggressive, show the players that we want we want to get this get this game. But but you don't you don't do it by kneeling down at the end. I I don't think our fans wanted to see that either, especially considering what, how it started. It's a great point. Yeah, I mean, really, think about it. You, you, you didn't have a lot of time. It, it, so somebody might have, if somebody had said, let's just figure this thing out in the locker room, let's get to halftime, some people might have understood that, but that wasn't your approach tonight. Well, I think just let, do whatever it takes to get points on the board. That's what we want. And uh, BYU is a, is a fan base that's used to seeing us throw the ball every down. If we have to do that, fine. I don't really care. <laughs> I just want to get the ball in the end zone. If we need to run the ball every down, it doesn't matter to me. Just get points. We want points. Take care of the football, um, and then let's be aggressive. I, I just want to be aggressive. I, I want to do a bunch of stuff to show our fans that we care and that we want to that we want to go get the win. We don't want to just hope for one to happen. Uh, Kalani, I wanted to talk to you about two people and then a couple of injuries. I wanted to get your thoughts on Harrison Taggart, who finished second leading tackler with 11 tackles on the night for the freshman. I also wanted your thoughts on Raider DeMooney. And then I want to know, is Talon Alfrey getting close, the safety that went out before the season started? And is there any number on Ben Bywater? Yeah, we will see Talon Alfrey back again. Um, not not sooner than later, but, but he will be back for us uh, eventually in the season. Um, we're hoping to see Ben Bywater in the next game. Same with Wayland Lapuajo. We're hoping to see him in the next game. Um, same with Cody Epps, you know, so those guys I think are on the same situation where as starters we can we can hopefully take advantage of the bye week extra healing time and then get them 
we'll, we'll have to reassess it by the time the week of the of the TCU game. Um, in terms of the freshmen, Harrison Taggart and Raider Damuni, those guys are going to be stars. They're, they're such great athletes, great great uh, teammates, and they I love their preparation. But uh, Harrison's got a, he's got a great uh, instincts for the ball. He, he's a, a perfect middle linebacker, and he can fly. He can run. I mean, he has you know he has 100 meter times that are very impressive. And then you have Raider Damuni, who has great instincts. He can play free and strong safety. And so we have a, a good group of young people that we feel comfortable with, um, you know, making plays for us. We just, I, I think in the next little bit, we're getting a little bit more comfort with those guys understanding the scheme. And then uh, once we put it together, it would be nice to get some of our guys healthy. But it's good to know that we have some good depth. I thought Ian Fitzgerald did a great job filling in at the, at the guard spot. I mean, he had one holding call that, I don't know, he shouldn't have tugged it there. I, I blame that on the running back for bouncing it so quickly when he could have set up the block better. But, um but I, overall, I think I think those guys we we showed that we have depth. I don't want to keep testing the depth, but if we need to, we feel good about it. All right. What do you want to get? Oh, by the way, no no coaches show on Tuesday, so we're, oh, ta we're, ta it. we're taking the, oh. we're taking the bye week off. Connie, he doesn't, he doesn't get do to it. see me this week. Doing an impromptu podcast. I gotta right? get I gotta get my hangout with with Greg, <laughs> man. <laughs> so what, uh, what's the plan for the week now uh, with the bye? Yeah, we're gonna give the guys some time off next week uh, next weekend. But we we have to we have to get three three or four practices, get some lifting, get our guys um, w when they do have a little bit of a break. Some guys would go home a little bit, go back to the high school and hang out and and um, see their families, and then try to get um, you know try try to get some good practices in still and get some good lifts. They're gonna have a good uh, workout that they're gonna be doing while they're gone if they do lift leave town. Some guys can't leave town; they don't have the grades to do it, so they gotta hang around here and get get close to being a, a student. In the athlete student athlete part, they got to get better at getting grades, and then um, for me, it's just find ways to get this team better. I, I need to do, I need to get do my job as head coaching and make sure that we're clicking on all cylinders, that we're we're really functioning well, and that we're efficient as a team in all three phases. Hey, Kalani, uh, Brett Pine, who's uh, BYU's football communications director, for those who don't know, he came in and dropped a little piece of paper on our desk during the game, and it says tonight's attendance. 63,834, largest crowd since 2009. Hmm. 14 years it's been since there's been a crowd this big in the building, and it was another special Friday night, wasn't it? They were awesome. I, I, I love our fans. I just want to give them more to cheer for, man. That, that's uh, <laughs> that's And our, our players do too, so we want to do it right for them. In the meantime, we're really happy with where we're at. I, I wish we had that one back from last week, but uh, we can build on this. We're we're sitting here at four and one right now as a, as a, as a team, and and uh, a lot of things, and still have some really good football to play ahead of us. And but some really cool things have happened um, in in the in the season from fall camp to now. I'm really proud of our guys, proud of our coaches, and uh, just want to make our fans even more happier than they are right now. Kalani, I don't want to rat out any of your players, but we did talk to Keaton Slovis and Jacob Robinson in the postgame, and Jacob Robinson admitted that he actually had coverage across that cross, and he should have stayed with his man but fell off because because he, he thought it was a handoff, and he ended up with the pick six, and then Slovis admitted that the throw was not to Chase Roberts, 
but it just so happened to end up in Chase Roberts' hands. So if you can, just pull those guys aside and say, hey, it's okay to lie if, if it makes you look <laughs> a little bit better. No, I like them telling the truth. If that, that's, that's why they got blessed with it. So yeah. that's, that's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear some really cool instruction over the weekend in general conference. I just want them to, to follow, follow the, the – you know, be great disciples of Christ. And it's okay. I mean, but, but – I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes. It's okay, right? So uh, I can't I, believe it, man. You got a guy that falls off his man coverage and falls right into a pick six, and that throw from Slovis ends up in Chase's hands. I, I just can't think of two more miraculous <laughs> mistakes. Well, uh, man, if we're, if we're going to make mistakes, make them good ones, right? So <laughs> make them make, make for touchdowns. Yeah, make them for touchdowns. And, and uh, I mean – Again, sometimes that happens in games, and and there's probably way more plays that gave up first downs on defense that we we had guys in the wrong spot, Um, and so sometimes you you create your own fortune. I I want to just fix the things that are very very fixable. It's it's like, hey, be here, make get this right leverage, make sure we use the right technique, you know, and and then run the right routes. And uh, I I mean, if you're going to run the wrong route, you might as well run it so that you get a touchdown. But the, I just don't want. I want. The, I don't want these guys thinking that that's going to be the norm. You know what I mean? Like, like let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to to executing the simple things, and and then great things will happen for us. Kalani, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, always, especially fun after wins, and this one gets you to four and one. You can enjoy the bye week even a little more. I think at this point, before we get ready to head down to Fort Worth and get back into the Big Twelve battles, congratulations again on Big Twelve win number one. And uh, thank you, as always, for your time. And uh, I know Cougar Nation is appreciative of you and the time you take. And so uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you, guys. And, and to uh, everyone driving back home, drive safely. Love you guys. Thank you for showing up tonight to all the, all the fans. Uh, love your energy. And, and, and you guys brought, brought, brought it. I mean, this is a huge advantage for us. And you can see the Cincinnati fans were, were, and, and the players were just, like, impressed with it. So I, I like showing off our fans. I like showing off Cougar Nation. I like showing off Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And you guys do an amazing job. So uh, we'll, we'll take advantage of the bye week, get better, and uh, looking forward to, to more memories uh, in, in the next future of the last seven games. Thank you, guys. Love Thanks you guys. again, Coach. Okay. All right. Go that's Cougs. Kalani Sitake with us. On the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, we will come back and get back into the Big O Tires Cougar Postgame live broadcast. We'll get some inside scoop trivia for ice cream and uh, chat it up with Greg and Hans and Mitch when Mitch gets upstairs. If you want to join us on Twitter and maybe prompt a few discussion points, you can tweet us, hashtag BYUCPL. That's BYU Cougar Post Game Live, hashtag BYUCPL. Or you can just tweet at me, at Greg Rubel, or at 97.5 Hands. Either way, lots of ways to get in touch with us and continue our conversation after BYU's 35-27 win over the Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll continue from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 35, Cincinnati 27, tonight's final score in front of a sold-out crowd of uh, 63,000-plus, as we noted a moment ago, largest crowd for BYU in some 14 years. you got to go back to a Utah game in 2009 to find a bigger announced number. And uh, fans go home happy with the Cougs defeating Cincinnati 35-27. This is 
Cougar Post Game Live. Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Hashtag BYUCPL at Devin Crossley says, what a great way to start conference weekend with a conference win. He says it makes it a lot easier to focus on the talks. <laughs> and he says also, hands. <laughs> he says it all with humility. He, say, he says, hands, be sure to take an Uber with a fan who's going home the same direction you live. <laughs> this guy taking an Uber to Lawrence. Uh, Ryan Lundgren uh, won the ice cream last week, and he says, uh, what a fun night. Plus two in the turnover margin was a big deal. Chase Roberts had a great game. The running game was better. He said the huge loss on the snap probably hurt the rush numbers, and yes, it did. It was a loss of 17 or 18, but it was a solid It was solid for the team tonight. And, yeah, it was. He also says, Ryan did, that he liked the honesty from Keaton Slovis on that throw that was supposed to go to Kibo, Keanu Hill, and end up in the hands of Chase Roberts. But it ended up in the hands of the right guy, that is for sure. Uh, at Chaplin Schumann, hashtag BYUCPL, uh, bringing up the note that uh, – Kalani hit on, and that is BYU scoring a lot of points without a lot of plays, and he brings up three games. Southern, Southern Utah, 55 plays, 41 points. Arkansas, 57 plays, 38 points. Cincy, 53 plays, 35 points. That's a pretty good ratio. Get, again, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. It's been a theme through five games now. The offense hasn't had to be spectacular to get some things done. Well, it, it also gives me confidence that if BYU finds themselves in a sticky game with, let's say, TCU on the road, and they find themselves down by 10 with eight minutes left, those types of big plays are, are possible from Chase Roberts, from Keanu Hill, from Keaton Slovis. So it's an indicator that when you really need a big hookup and you need a gigantic play, Maybe it is Max Tooley on an interception against Arkansas. Maybe it is Chase Roberts when it was supposed to be a Keanu Hill reception. But you, you get some big plays in those moments, and the offense shows that they can really score quick if you need it. So that gives me confidence in some of these crunch games that are coming up. Todd Christopherson tweeting in, hashtag BYUCPL. Hands, safeties on their spots. How did they do? I thought they did pretty good. I thought they did pretty good. There were still a couple of mishaps, but I thought that they were much better. And they played Raider DeMuni a lot more today than they have in the past. And I thought Raider DeMuni was very solid. I also saw that they were I, – I know they were still playing him at about a 15, 16-yard depth sometimes, but they were playing him at 11-yard depth, which you didn't see him really that much at an 11-yard depth against Kansas – but you did against Cincinnati, and and that just helps on run support, being able to get up in the gap a little bit quicker, and make some of those plays. I would, I would definitely grade them higher than I graded them last week. Uh, I will go back and look at the film, but I feel much better about where they were on their spots this week. At Jarrett underscore Webster says two things. When was the last time you interviewed a long snapper after the game? <laughs> and I think tonight was the first one. <laughs> I really do. Uh, well, now, now there may have been a, there may have been guys in the past who did other things, but like a, a, a but an someone who does only long snapping. This may have been our first exclusive long snapper interview, but I, I think we should talk to Austin Riggs again. He's really good. Well, I, I gotta say that uh, Mitch insisted, and and Greg and I were like, "Are you sure, Mitch?" And Mitch is like, "Absolutely, <laughs> this is going to happen. Here it is." And he put the headset on him. Was he insistent, or what was the deal? Here, can you hear me? There you go. Oh man, so. Uh, 
when uh, Duff went to go get him, I think he asked him, he's like, hey, we've got you for an interview. And he was shocked. He's like, what, an interview? What do you mean? Yes. And, <laughs> and he was like, I've, I've never been interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, and I, I'm sure, I mean, you guys couldn't see it. it. I mean, it's pretty far down there, but uh, you could probably tell with the way that he was communicating he was he was all grin ear to ear with every single question. He just had the best day of his life. I I'll just say it. that. Got a kid. Well, he gets down there and covers a fumble. He deserves the. We, we could have even gone longer with him, but I thought I thought he had to get in with the team because he was the last guy left on the field. It was funny. We were practicing, and I had a ten minute conversation with Austin this week just about different long snapping things, and then he had to have that big play tonight and get a chance to talk to him on the radio. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so Jarrett said two things. Long snapper got that. And he said also the points per play and per yards is really something with this team. And it really is. We just talked about it a minute ago. They're getting good bang for the buck, right? They're, 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 they're finishing drives. I'm really disappointed that that red zone number is not perfect anymore because of that missed field goal. You got to the nine-yard line, the snap over the head, a couple of runs don't go anywhere. You miss a, miss a field goal that's makeable. just wrecks the red zone number. It's bugging me, but I'll get past it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it is an interesting thing. I, BYU's won. Four consecutive games with fewer than 300 yards of total offense. That's not normal. They've won four straight games in that situation. SMU last year and then three games already this year. You don't want to make a living doing that, but it's good to know that if you don't have the best offensive night, you still find a way to make plays when they matter. Now, sometimes it's because the defense is playing light, lights out, and some nights it's just because you make the right plays at the right time, as BYU did tonight. So, the, the weirdest thing about that that four straight wins on fewer than 300 yards is that before that, Kalani's teams were 1-11. Like, they never won those kinds of games. Under and now 300 they're winning yards. Them. Right. Now they're winning them. Yeah. It's uh, – I think it's a tribute to Keaton Slovis. I think he sees things in his passing game that he feels confident about. I, I think that these receivers are smart. You know, Mitch, we were talking that interview with Chase – and I asked him, I said, it, it looked like there was something different, like there was some movement, like all of a sudden a, a light bulb came on. And he said, absolutely. We realized that they were pressing on the outside. They wanted to funnel. So we started running those inside routes. It seems like this receiving room is they've, – they've got some real dogs, guys like Chase Roberts that see things right. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about them being uh, smart guys. Um, we did not have ah, – hey. A penalty. Oh, that's a good point. No, <laughs> no <laughs> illegal touching. No illegal touching. This is a big moment for this, this receiving crew. Um, but, and I will say, just, you know, being on the field. How do we um, not bring that up earlier, by I, the way? I don't know, but Mike's <laughs> Mike's firing off confetti poppers back here. <laughs> it, it is the uh, it is the big number one. So I will, I, I'll say one thing, and, and it was very, very evident on the field. Every single time I saw whether it was a, a motion, a shift, and there was a, a reformation um, on the line of scrimmage and, and receivers were either now going to be on or off, there was a ton of communication. I, I did notice that tonight. There was a yes. ton of, hey, it's I'm on the line, you're off, pointing to the ref. Like the, yeah. We hadn't seen this in previous games. So w whatever Kalani said this week, they were practicing. I mean, it, it was very evident, and they did it. No, no uh, illegal touching penalty today. So receivers took a big step forward in, in a number of ways. So proud of them.
All right, uh, David Woolsey on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL says, I'm often frustrated when there's time left before a half and BYU elects to just take it to the locker room. It was so nice to see the team actually use those last 40 seconds of the half to try and score, and they did score. Uh, Bryant Walker on Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL, are you concerned about how many yards BYU gave up both on the ground and through the air? Although he says, I thought the run game improved tonight, and it was kind of an average game for Cincinnati. They were averaging 488 per game and did they end up at 498 tonight uh 498 for cincinnati and they do it in a very balanced fashion i talked before the game that scott satterfield at louisville over the last four seasons had his teams averaging 200 plus on the ground and 200 plus through the air and they were the only team in the fbs to do that over four consecutive seasons they're a very good historically good and balanced team and they were balanced again tonight 256 pass and 242 rush. They did a lot of things you want to do to win a football game, but they didn't have the ball security. They gave up a touchdown uh, to the other team's defense, which BYU did last week, and they had that muff punt, which which gave oh. BYU possession of the 15-yard line. So as much as Cincinnati did what it likes to do and normally does, those problems did them in tonight. I'm not overly concerned about it. The, the numbers bear out that they're a very good offense and that they can move the ball. I'm not overly concerned about it because I really do think that Cincinnati is going to play upsetter at some point in this season. They, they've they got Baylor on their schedule. They've got Houston on their schedule. They've got Kansas at the end of the season. I think that they, in fact, their schedule's favorable. They play Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Central Florida, Houston, West Virginia, and then they play Kansas. They could reel off six wins. In fact, I would say I would predict a a five and one type scenario for this Cincinnati team. They're that good offensively. If they figure out their red zone woes, they could roll off six straight wins. I think they're that good. So no, I don't overly worry about giving up those types of yards. What about you, Mitch? Uh, I mean, yeah, not not as not as worried, and and we talked about this. I feel like the on both sides of the ball, it, well, really, in, in all three um, uh, aspects of the game, phases of the game, they made a big play when they needed to, and and uh, that's been really the story this whole season. Um, they they come up big and, and make the big the big play in the in the big moment, and it was pretty impressive. W- one thing I will say about Emory Jones, uh, the quarterback today. That quarterback draw was a was a lethal um, play for Cincinnati today. That was that was hard to stop. He's elusive, uh, but again, if he stays healthy, I think this could be a pretty dangerous Cincinnati offense behind his arm and his legs. I do too. Toe for PhD on Twitter hashtag BYUCPL. How many targets did Isaac's, I, Isaac Rex get? I didn't see him involved that much tonight. Isaac is targeted four times, and he ends up with one reception for 14 yards on the night. I said it in the pregame. I said, watch for Cincinnati to do what Kansas did to Isaac in the second half of that game. And that's exactly what Cincinnati did. See some bracket? Isaac came on with us, and I said, Isaac, it looked like they were beating you up pretty good. He said, yeah, they were running a lot of bracket. And, yeah, they were getting physical. And and then he kind of stumbled into it. He's like, and I think they might have missed a pass interference call. But anyways, I, and I said, wait wait a second. They did miss a pass interference call because they were banging him around pretty good in this game. So 
he mentioned it. He said, I've essentially become a flare. And he goes, I don't mind becoming a flare if I'm pulling two defenders that should open up the flats. And and I did feel like they started to take advantage of that. Not every team is going to bracket. At some point, they're going to have to pay attention to the flats, and he'll start to pop open a little bit more. As we head, the break, head to the break, uh, let's get to our inside scoop trivia brought to you by the BYU Creamery. The first correct answer to this question to cross my timeline with the hashtag BYUCPL will win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. It is Inside Scoop Trivia brought to you by the BYU Creamery. All right, so BYU plays TCU in its next game, bye week next week, and then they'll be in Fort Worth on the 14th of October. So bye week and then TCU. Memorably, back in 2005, BYU and TCU played a 51-50 game. TCU won it in overtime. 51 to 50. As I recall, that was a play where had there been a proper goal line camera to review a call, uh, Justin Lutgerot might have gotten uh, credit for a fumble force that wasn't called that, as I recall. Either way, TCU won the game 51 to 50. Here's my question. That was kind of preamble leading us into the question. BYU is still in the NCAA football record book for playing in the highest scoring tie game back when ties were still a thing. Here's your question, three-part question. Who was the opponent, what was the final score, and what was the largest deficit BYU faced in the game? Who was the opponent, what was the final score, and what was the largest deficit BYU faced in that game, which is the highest-scoring tie game in NCAA football history? BYU played in that game. What did they win? They win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. I love that ice cream so much. I feel like cheating. <laughs> I want that ice cream. Do, do you get any discounts on that? Do you, can you hook me up? If I just come in and say, hey, I'm Greg's friend. Can <laughs> you could try that. <laughs> Lavelle used to and complain to They'd be to like me. Greg who, and then it gets awkward. Oh, that's not true. Lavelle used to complain to me. He's like, I've got my own vanilla. It's named after me, and they want to give me a discount. Yeah. They, now have, they now have Sutaki Road, by the way. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. But yep. Oh, two, two half gallons. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, hashtag BYUCPL. First person with the correct response will win the two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. We'll get you a winner after this on the news. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. All right, the final segment of tonight's broadcast as Cougar Post Game Live continues and concludes. We do so with uh, inside scoop trivia for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And uh, historically, what we do is if you've already won ice cream once in the season, we say that you can't win anymore. Is that okay with you, Hans? Is that, is that a fair ruling, or, or do you think that's not correct? I think it's a fair ruling. Okay, yeah. so we're going to we're going to beg the indulgence of Todd Christopherson, who was the first in with the correct response, but has already won ice cream this year. Well, um, we're going to say, Todd, we love you. We love you, Todd. You're brilliant, but, but we have to let some of the less brilliant people. But Hans says rules are <laughs> rules. And then uh, next after that, the, the next correct response I get in comes from Cougar Stats. Now, Cougar Stats has a great website with all kinds of Cougar Stats, and yet he's a human being. He's not just some AI robot out there. He's a human being. Have we met this human being? With feelings. And, and he is, I, and because why would he not be eligible to win? Does he have access to this kind of stuff? Certainly he does. But don't we all? And yet he has the correct response. And so I think Cougar Stats wins legitimately and then 
sits it out for the rest of the year as a as a one-time winner. He's then he's then out for the year, but he gets the ice cream this week. Is that fair? That's it's fair. fair. That's not Ralph, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, people might say that's not fair. He does this all the time. It's his uh, he is stats, but it is fair. And so at Cougar Stats is the winner of tonight's uh, ice cream contest because he gave the correct answer to the question. The question was after the preamble of. BYU is still in the NCAA record book for playing in the high-scoring tie game. The questions were, who was the opponent, what was the final score, and what was the largest deficit BYU faced in the game? And Cougar Stats knew that it was San Diego State, that the score was 52-52, and that BYU trailed 45-17. They were down 28 points in the second half before coming back and ending up in a 52-all tie. So Cougar Stats is the winner, and it's legitimate. He's allowed to win. He's a real person. Kay. I support it. Okay. Uh, Mitch supports it. Hands also in favor? I, I support it as long as he shares half a gallon with <laughs> me. Well, now, now, we have, now we have we have conditions. <laughs> uh, at Kirkules underscore BYU uh, says, random question for Greg. He said, I showed my kids the Beck to Harleen call this week and reliving that moment. Who is hysterically screaming in the booth with you? <laughs> Do you guys know the answer to this? I do. I think I do. Who is it? Is it Ralph? It's Ralph. <laughs> That's my boy, Ralph. <laughs> it's actually legendary. Ralph Sokolowski, yes, was the uh, was the was the man. Were, were, were you stepping on his toes or anything? Was he no, was in a vice or because that was high? Yeah, so some people think it wasn't a guy. Yeah, but it was a guy. It's 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 the man. It's it's the stats man. It's Ralph Sokolowski. Was he just so overcome with joy that it just the the squeals came out? Well, did you did you talk to him after that? A lot, and we've never discussed it. <laughs> <laughs> but he he, he knows. Good. We all know. I mean, it's one of those things. Like if you and I were in the woods and I saw a bear and started screaming like a little girl and running. It's we understandable. Would, we would meet at the campsite that night, and you'd be <laughs> like, "Hey, so." Everything okay? Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, why? <laughs> no, yeah. no reason. No, I, I, I've had enough things come out of uh, you know my my head on big plays that I, I don't <laughs> I don't know how they happen. I don't like reliving them. <laughs> it just uh, oh, yeah, so good. Certain moments just bring it out of you. At uh, Chaplin Schumann hashtag BYUCPL says, how about the footwork from Darius Lassiter to stay in bounds on the TD throw? Uh, great awareness of where he was. He said uh, Chase Roberts seemed to surprise even himself with the speed on that touchdown catch and sprint into the end zone. Two great plays. Darius did make a really nice play to uh, to stay in bounds and, and know where he was, and then Chase was running away from people. It was beautiful. Hey, you know, this was a also a very clean game. I, I don't know the penalties. It was it three penalties, and one of them shouldn't have been a penalty. Four for 25. Okay, four for 25. That's clean and no turnovers. This was a really clean game, and one of the four was the gunner, getting double teamed and pushed out on the punt cover. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I thought he got I thought he got banged out of the sideline. You can't voluntarily as a gunner run out of bounds and then back inbounds because they don't want you to use outside the sideline to get past the double team. Well, and he was almost he was almost 5 yards off the sideline. He was way in there into the BYU sideline. There were there were players having to like back up to get out of the way and there's no way he would do that voluntarily i, I don't think so either I, th I felt like he was bumped out so i'm going to dis uh, uh discount that from the four and say you know three it was a pretty darn clean game by byu nice discipline clean game um 
yeah, and, and to the Chase Roberts touchdown, um, he looked fast. I mean, he, he dropped the piano and he went. Yeah. Um, however, Chase has really good awareness as well because you can be fast, but if you take the right angles, then you, uh, I mean, it, it just it makes it complicated for a defense to, to track you down if you're taking the right angles. And so Chase is, he's a smart guy. We talked about this already in the broadcast, but um, he, he took the perfect angle to make it, to make sure his speed wouldn't get caught. If he just kept running up the field, um, he could have got, you know, hawked down and, and tackled for, you know, not, and, and he wouldn't have gotten into the end zone. But, um, yeah, an incredible play, great awareness. Obviously, he, he looked he looked super fast today, and um, the, I mean, all the receivers really stepped up. Mm -hmm. Greg and Hans and Mitch upstairs, uh, backtracking for a moment, that game with San Diego State was in 1991. A lot of folks mentioned that. It was back in 1991. It was a Ty Detmer game, a Marshall Falk game. That 52 all times. I was, I was, uh, I was um, in our apartment building watching the game. In your mid teens. When oh was no! When was that? Game? <laughs> we were, we were, we were married but childless uh. at that point. Had yet not yet started a family, and remember what watching that game. What month was that game? Uh, that was, um, that was in November, I think. That was a month before I was born. <laughs> it was November 16th, 1991. Was oh. I was born a month and a half later. Well. What's it like to be young? <laughs> Sam on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL or just at Greg Grubel, says uh, give Marcus McKenzie some credit for that muffed punt. His speed caused it is what he says. Yeah, he did. He was right there to cause the confusion. I know that we hit on that right there live in the broadcast because he came screaming down and he's waving his arms around. He's probably yelling. He's in the face of the guy that's trying to cover it. Then he's on top of the guy pushing him as he's trying to get back to the ball, tangling up his legs and allowing Riggs to get in there and cover that thing up. So Marcus McKenzie was great. Yeah, on Rico's long punt, uh, Marcus McKenzie made an incredible tackle as well, solo tackle. Um, and the guy's a, a, special uh, a special teams force out there. Well, I think that he's like – your 15th leading tackler, and every tackle's been made on special teams. Yeah. yeah. By the way, he will work his way. I, I, we'd be surprised if he's not in the mix uh, at the cornerback spot moving forward. He's going to be that. That'll be his position, I think, moving forward. Yeah, and it's going to be great for him. And y being able to utilize that type of speed is going to be great. And then you get his twin brother back. And I think if you were to ask his parents – which of the two are faster? It sounds like the one coming off the mission might have the athletic edge, even though Marcus doesn't want to admit that. Hey, would you uh, go back, hands to your three keys to the game? Remind us what they were. Yeah, so you started out with the offensive line. This would be their biggest challenge, um, that this defense had racked up 12 sacks and 26 TFLs. And we talked about the Godfather and that they would need to control the Godfather. Dante Corleone. Dante Corleone. And um, that this BYU need, offensive line needed to do better in the run blocking. Uh, number two was you were without Ben Bywater and you needed Taggart to step up. He was number two in your tackles. Uh, through the day and then number three was he was also two in solo tackles as well so Thule went 16 with nine solo and Tagger was 10 with four solo he was so good today <laughs> he was so good so I'm so glad he stepped up and then number three was safeties being on their spots and be better in position and and I did mention that if it was Raider Damuni or it was Slade or Wall 
I didn't care. I just wanted them to be better in their spots. Or and, Crew Wakely. And Mitch, I felt like they were better yeah. in their spots today. Yeah, and I, and well, they I, played more shallow, it seemed. Yeah, and I thought it was good. They they came up with a pretty good rotation. They, um, I mean, defense was on the field quite a bit, and and all four of them was on. They were on a pretty consistent rotation, and and so they were healthy. They had some fresh legs, and and yeah, it seemed like they did much better in that area. A couple of stats notes. Uh, B under Kalani, BYU's now thirty and three when they score in every quarter, and uh, they've now scored in seventeen consecutive quarters, going back to the final quarter of the Sam Houston season, the regular season opener. So, since the Sam Houston fourth quarter, BYU's not been shut out in any quarter since. If you just score a little bit consistently, you're probably going to win the game. Now, last week was one of those games where it didn't happen. That was one of the three losses where they scored every quarter was a Kansas. But anytime you're minus three in the margin, you're probably not going to win the game, even if you are trying to score in every quarter. That's a, a very impressive number. So they've scored in every quarter since the opening quarter of Sam Houston? You since the last fourth quarter of Sam Houston. So, so one quarter there and then 16 straight quarters, four games. So now it's 17 consecutive quarters scoring. The long streak last year was 10 quarters. And they're at 17 and counting. By the way, BYU opened up on top today with the Jacob Robinson pick six. And under Kalani, BYU is now 35-9 and nine when they score first. Just scoring first, just being a front runner, has meant so much to Kalani's teams. 35-9 and nine when you just score first. 80% win rate. It's impressive. And uh, scoring first with a pick six is just a little bit more sweet. It's which, a little bit more energizing. Which brings us to 9-3. and three when Kalani's team score on defense. Uh, not, not too bad either. Um, let me just tell you this, guys. Seven consecutive wins with a defensive touchdown, by the way. Yeah. I want to get one of those elastic band things out and put it around the arm and pop out a vein and inject this TCU game right into the vein. The game coming up in two weeks? Yes. <laughs> I, ca I don't want a bye week. I want to get on an airplane with you guys right now and head our sorry butts out to Horn Frog Stadium and see all that purple and silver garbage and get this thing cranked up and started. I cannot wait for BYU-TCU to be reunited. It, it be, how about TCU months ago saying, oh, by the way, it's the keep it purple plan. If you BYU fans think you're going to get a hand on any of these TCU tickets, you got another thing coming. They have shut the door on BYU fans tickets. In fact, they're going so far as to say if you're a season ticket holder, and we find that a BYU fan has possessed your season tickets. We'll pull your season tickets. You, you're not giving your season tickets. You're not putting them on a secondary market. This will be all purple. And that's just how we're going to handle BYU from here on out. That's Texas justice down there. That's crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, the, uh, the month of October is the Lone Star State month. Every game BYU plays in October is against a Texas team. That's awesome. And they don't play any Texas teams, uh, well, well they, in, in league at least. All the Texas teams are happening in October. At TCU, home to Texas Tech, at Texas. Those are the games in October. All the Texas And those are good ones. Those are good ones. So we set the game up tonight in the pregame talking about how this was a swing game, a leeway game, a linchpin game when it came to the big picture question of getting eligible for a bowl. BYU now all has to go two and five or better to play in the postseason rest of the way. Two and five. Can you find two wins in the next seven games, Hans? Yeah, easy. In fact, uh, I did get a hashtag that asked the question. It actually came from my buddy Alex Curie, and he said, do we have to start to adjust 
our um, expectations now at four and one. Like, yes, bowl eligibility is a, it's it's for sure. But then it's like, okay, so what is this team at four and one with a win against Arkansas and Cincinnati? What is this team? Are they an eight-win team? Is the expectation start to creep into a nine-win team possibly? Because you still you should get the wins on Texas Tech, West Virginia, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. That would put you at eight wins. And then it's you know you start talking. Okay, TCU, maybe There's Oklahoma, yeah. maybe Texas, maybe every one of those three is a possibility. I watched that Oklahoma City game, or sorry, that Oklahoma-Cincinnati game. BYU did more bad things to Cincinnati than Oklahoma did bad things to Cincinnati. So I think it's just a a full expectation readjustment. And I I just need to sit down and digest this film. I'm going to pour over this film and start to kind of readjust what I expect this season to look like at the end. Mm. But... You know, right now it feels like eight wins as, as a possibility, don't you think, Mitch? Yeah, they're they're BYU's continuing to prove that they they don't just belong in this conference. They can they can compete and and have winning records. I mean, this is I'm excited to see how this shapes up. But there's not a team on the schedule right now that feels like it, the way that BYU's playing um, and the way that other teams have been playing in the Big Twelve. There's no reason why BYU doesn't continue to compete and. And it does. It, it In my opinion, it feels like at least an eight-win season um, based on who they have on the schedule and, and what they got left. You, you know what I'd like to see, Greg? What's that? I'd like to see a home sweep. I'd like to see them protect the house with the Vell Edwards Stadium and the 63,000 you mentioned tonight. I'd like to see them protect this stadium against Texas Tech, Iowa State, Oklahoma. And then that Oklahoma game, when Oklahoma rolls in here. That's a November game. It's uh, November 18th, I think. November 18th. Weather could be squirrely, elevation, maybe a night game. We haven't seen it set yet. but uh. Let's just say they hold home court. You know, that's a, a big mark, and I think that's a possibility. I just – I watch the fan base, like, pile in here before the kickoff. Are they usually here this early? They do a pretty they good job pretty coming early. in. Yeah. Do they come pretty early? Because, man, I felt like the energy was high early. And, and, I wasn't and, and this, this was after. Now, it was past rush hour. It was an 8 o'clock game. But still, traffic can be a, a bear once you get to dinner hour. Oh. Trying to get down there, as you know. Oh. As you know. Oh, it can. <laughs> it can. <laughs> Whoo. Let me just tell you. Uh, Shep was panicking. <laughs> <laughs> we were making uh, contingencies. Yeah, and I thought, uh-oh. I was at Thanksgiving point with about 45 minutes left until this thing went, and I'd been sitting in the same spot for about 30 minutes. And I'm thinking, we got trouble. Um, but the, the seas parted, and we got it done. And BYU got it done tonight, 35-27 over the Cincinnati Bearcats. BYU's a 4-1, and one, and you could tell from talking to Kalani, like he hated the way the game ended tonight. He wanted to win 35-20. Like he didn't like that last touchdown. They're four and one, and in Kalani's mind, they're a very untidy four and one. They're four and one with a lot of things they need they need, need need to still clean up, and that's a great thing to be is four and one and kind of bothered about the things that 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 haven't gone entirely all the way correctly yet. BYU was probably a clean a clean Kansas game away from from having a, a dream start right now. 
Um, they, deli- they let it halftime last week. They, they really, you can look at this and say, you know, but for a, a, a bad second 30 minutes against Kansas, not bad, but, you know, not, not, not great. A couple turnovers, yeah. one pick six. It'd be in a much even better spot than, than, than four and one at this point. But I think four and one through five going into a bye, trying to get a little healthy, really good spot to be in. Well, after what I saw tonight, what BYU did against Cincinnati, it, it again reminds me that Kansas is well, a nightmare. Let's see how they do tomorrow against Texas. I think they're a three-touchdown underdog against Texas tomorrow. It's sold out, by the way, at DKR in Austin. It's going to be wild. I'm really, I'm really interested to see how that game turns out because we think certain things about Kansas. And uh, and and uh, people, you know, have already kind of proclaimed Texas as kind of like the boss of the Big 12 right now. But let's, let's see what KU can do tomorrow. Well, I've got my whole day tomorrow planned. I'm going to make a couple of bacon tomato sandwiches. I'm going to get my straw hat out. I'm going to get my pop-up shelter, throw it up in my backyard, haul my TV out onto the lawn. So you can watch conference? A couple of lunch <laughs> and watch conference. <laughs> <laughs> conference play (laughs) (laughs) either way it's conference weekend well uh, yeah i i heard that president nelson has recorded his statement so i i can get that at some point throughout the day i'm sure of it Mm. (laughs) and if he's not live and present at the show i i you know i can catch it later you know, the, the the longer we talk, um, the later we're we're forcing Cam to stay up over at over at Bam Bam's. Hey Cam, we're coming, <laughs> we're coming, and we're bringing Louie. <laughs> we're coming because victory swatchos are a thing. Yeah, and we don't want to let Cam down, and uh, and I'm starving, even though you've seen me eat through the entire broadcast. <laughs> Mitch Craig looked over at me at halftime. He's like, is that your second plate of Tacanos? <laughs> I, I whip up a pretty good hunger. I used to be Mr. Uh, orange Slices at half. I, I'd eat 30 or 40 of them. I, I was a orange slice hoarder. Having traveled with you, I think we can both confirm that that is a very true statement. <laughs> so... And yeah, and I, like and I was gonna say it's 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 sad that we're not on the road because when we're on the road, you know, we really enjoy the, the chances we go out to eat together. So I'm just so glad that Cam keeps dining as part of our home routine after wins. We love you, Cam, and we cannot disrupt this tradition, especially because every time he's had it open, uh, I guess he only keeps it open on a win. But it's been home wins throughout. So we don't want to disrupt. Well, you just want to do it for home wins, victory swatchos. By the way, uh, you know, I call in in the intros of our pregame show. I call Hands the big man because Hands is the big man. He's the big man. But I and I told somebody this the other day. I, I went out to 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 join Hands at practice the other day, and and uh, and I thought, wow, who's that? Who's that tall, slender dude over there, looking sharp in the dress shirt? Tall, slender? <laughs> Did you say slender? Slender. And and it was Hands. He cuts a fine figure in a in, in a, dre- in, 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 a, in a in a dress shirt. Serious. He. <laughs> oh man, here's the deal. If people saw the behind the scenes, you and I get after it on the roads a little bit. Yeah. I'll put the running shoes on. I still got healthy knees. Uh, but but hands. I'm saying hands is is not letting. He's not not let, letting things go. No. You know, for a big guy, and hands is a big guy. Again, he cuts a fine figure. He looks uh, very well put together. Well. And, and so, yeah, it takes a lot to, to stoke the engine uh, there with hands. He requires a lot. 
in terms of caloric intake, but he wears it well. Well, I appreciate that. My, my wife told me early on she was going to take bi-monthly body fat checks, and if I ever go over 16%, then we're going to have marital issues. So <laughs> you know, just based off of <laughs> she she does body body fat checks on me every other month, and you know I just got to keep it at a nice – 16. And a nice maintenance level. Uh, yeah, a nice yeah. maintenance level. I, I don't want to get too crazy. Well, I think you're looking good, man. You uh, are. I appreciate it. Uh, and I won't be here in about 45 minutes after our swap. <laughs> By the way, w- once we get through the TCU game, we're already going to be halfway through the season. Can you believe that? No, I don't want it. You see, and it's, no, I don't this want this it. You're going to make me sad. This is, no, this is great. This is because this, this, this makes me happy because Mark Lyons – Whenever, whenever I'd bring this up to Mark, Mark would have the same reaction. I would, I would say, Mark, can you believe we're like a third through? Oh, I, I can't. I don't want to believe. Can you believe we're halfway through? Oh, that's the worst. I'm so sad. So you have the same reaction Mark used to have. He, did, he hated being reminded about things were this much closer to ending. Well, the good news is I've called Mark Durant, and I've asked him if I can be a part of the BYU <laughs> basketball broadcast. <laughs> No, I don't. Well, you don't need to look at me like that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's looking at me like, the heck you are. <laughs> but it is crazy to think about that in your rookie season here, it's going to hit the halfway point here at Fort Worth. Yeah, it it is. And this has been so much fun. It's a dream come true. And I know I thank you at least once or, or twice a week uh, for the opportunity because this is a dream come true to work with you and, and Mitch and, you know, guys like Mike and, and Clark, and we've had so much fun with Jake Murphy, and McKay is so great. And Shep and Ralph. And Shep is always fun, and the, and the pregames are great, and Ralph with his high-pitched screams during the <laughs> Utah games. And I, I'm just telling you, I, I wish everybody could experience what this broadcast team is like. It's so professional, yet it's so much fun. It's like the professionalism allows you to have a lot of fun. And it's much more enjoyable when Kalani and this team are winning. Yeah. So let's just let's just keep practicing. Let's keep rolling out these wins. A win at TCU, and boys, we got to figure out some type of big celebration <laughs> in Texas. I mean, we're talking about some type of big ribeye beefy challenge, yeah. where the three of us take on some type of you know forty-four ounce. Steak challenge. Hey, I'm I'm with you on that, but you've also got to know that even if things don't work out, I'm getting a big steak. <laughs> right? <laughs> Win or lose. Yes. Greg's a steak guy. Oh, steak yeah. and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> steak, steak and cheese. And not together. Not cheese steak. No. But steak and cheese. But he can throw down a mean steak. Oh, good. Because we're going to go find one in Texas. But, but we hope it's the kind you mentioned, a celebratory steak after the after the game. Uh, that's October 14th, BYU at TCU. The next time we'll be on the air together. So that means we're not going to be together next weekend. It's a bye week. Cougs will rest up and get well, and and we'll um, and we'll not be together next week. So uh, so Mitch and Hans will miss you guys, and we'll uh, we'll do it again in two weeks, two weeks in a day. Sounds good. I'll be there. All right. Let's uh, let's thank the crew back at BYU Radio. Uh, by the way, uh, Scott Bodley on the email. I didn't mention the email address tonight, but it's uh, Cougar Post Game Live at BYU.edu. He said Keaton Slovis looked like the Ty Detmer, sidestepping the defender and hitting Roberts for the scoring strike. He said when Slovis is feeling it, he is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Even, oh, if, if, so if, even if he's not 
you know, throwing it exactly where he thought he would throw it, it somehow ends up in the right spot. <laughs> somehow. You were kind of blown away by that, weren't you, tonight? Well, I was blown away by both Jacob Robbins' omission and Caden Slovis' omission because – well, you were so convinced that that Jacob Robinson play. He that he that dropped dial. into his zone. Yeah. That he had man coverage until he hit the edge of his zone, and then he dropped off in his zone. Yeah. But is that not what it looked like, Mitch? I mean, it did. Oh, it totally looked like he passed it off and just reading the quarterback. And it was, I mean, it was a great play. And and he let us know that he was supposed to follow his receiver across the cross and, and fell off, and then Keaton saying yeah that was supposed to go to Keanu uh and it ended up in chase oh and you know who else reminded us Cincinnati's head coach yeah he was he's a little he was salty and interesting about it yeah he was like man if we don't have those turnovers you know we got this thing and then he goes and has this lucky play and overthrows a receiver and ends up in another guy's hand for a touchdown he's like how how lucky could things be? Two, two takes it in. Yeah. <laughs> two takes it in. I thought, hey, you know, Coach, maybe you just kind of pack this one up and, and head on back to Cincinnati. And you're and you're uh, you're you're pretty convinced that Cincinnati's gonna gonna find some wins out of those games you mentioned. I really do believe that. I think that uh, Jones and across that defensive front is going to be good enough for possibly five out of the six. And if they really get rolling, they could roll off six straight, but they're probably going to grab five of their next six. I know I was wrapping things up, but uh, is it okay if I drop one more? Uh, I'll stay as long as you want. Comment out of Twitter. Chris on Twitter said, seems like we've seen a lot of variety in the play calling by Aaron Roderick this season. How much of that is just his style and plan versus having to adapt to how the guys are playing in the moment? What well, I, I think uh, I called you the football scientist. I think that Aaron Roderick and Fessy Sataki are football artists. And I think they like to create. I like, they let their minds go. You saw a flea flicker. You saw a pitch back. You saw a throwback to the quarterback with Keaton Slovis on a, was it a second down or was it a third down down by the goal line? And, and Keaton nearly gets the first. Um, you just see these creative plays. And some people can get frustrated with it when they don't work. I love it, and I will tell you guys this, just knowing those guys very well, teammate with Aaron Roderick and very close friends with Fessy Sataki. I love that man. Such a great dude. They understand showmanship. They know why 63,000 people pay to be in this stadium. They know why BYU is pulling in a million viewers every time they pop up on ESPN because people want to show. And they're showmen, so they like to create for the fans. You heard Kalani say it. Kalani's like, I don't care, man. 36 seconds left. Those guys think that they've got an idea and a plan with the passing game. Fine. Let them do it. It's what the fans are here for anyways. So I'm just telling you, they like to put on a show. They're kind of a Conor McGregor-like tandem on the offensive coordinating. They, they like to make it a showpiece. Yeah, this season they've dialed up some really what I've noticed is between the numbers and the and um and the hash, they've done some damage. Um Keaton's been great, uh whether it's been Isaac or uh receivers crossing over the middle in a, a kind of a deep 
deep over skinny posts. They really took advantage of of the middle of the field today, and and it worked out well. Keaton's got he's got a really good rhythm going. They've got great timing, and and Roderick is putting them in the right position to to create those matchups, create those openings, so they can take advantage of it. One quick note from my stats intern Jonathan Hall. He said, I've been combing through old stats for nearly an hour, and I cannot find a game where BYU was outgained by 200-plus yards and still won the game. Mm. BYU was outgained by 203 yards tonight. Mm. He said, however, he did find a game where BYU was outgained by 150-plus and beat Virginia back in 2014. Um, and then he said, two weeks ago at Arkansas, BYU was outgained by 143 and, uh, and won. So there have been a couple games this year where they've been out. But he can't find one past 200. No, no. So this may be a, like a first-time type deal. That 2014 game, I scored my first touchdown. Oh, there you go. Late in the th uh, late in the third quarter. Was that the Adam Hine kickoff return game? Yep. For a touchdown? Yep. By the way, that's the last time BYU's returned to kickoff for a touchdown. It's been nine years. Uh, it's in that game. It's due. That was a game where Virginia had a player... Um, Gosh, something happened. Uh, a player or a player's father. So there was uh, some kind of medical emergency that day. There was a. It was a very. So it was a weird deal. That um, it was that same game. I think with Virginia in town. But that was your first touchdown. First touchdown. What was the play? Um, it was a uh, 92 house. We were in ace formation, so it was a um, uh, two receivers on each side. I was uh, one of the. I was one of the slot receivers. Ran a mesh concept. Uh, just over five yards over the ball, and Taysom got pressured, and he rolled out, so it turned into scramble drill, and then I booked it up the field, and I was wide open, and he found me. It was I think it was like 50 yards or something, 50-yard touchdown. That was touchdown one. Yeah. Um, and uh, Isaac Rex needed five catches to get to 100 for his career tonight. He got one, so he's at 96. You ended right at 100. Uh-huh. He got exactly 100 catches, hands. Mitchell Jurgens did here at BYU. On his, on his career. 100 yeah. catches. Not a guy. And you're at, were you right at 1,000? Uh, I think it was 1,200. Yards? Yeah, the close, end of it? close to 13. Close to 13, okay. Were, were they trying to dial up 101, and you're like, nah, I, I just like even numbers. <laughs> <laughs> by by <laughs> the way, <laughs> speaking of numbers and big ones, uh, Keaton Slovis now has 10 touchdown throws on the year. He's at 78 for his career. He's on pace for 100. Yeah. He needs 22 touchdown throws in the next seven games, eight games with a bowl game. That's a little less know, than three. A little less than three. Less than three. So he could do it. He'd be one of those 100 touchdown, 13,000 yard type guys. That's a, They're huge numbers. Uh, that's a big college career. But, you know, Keaton's playing for something big, too. Keaton wants the next level. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we sometimes I think we forget that. I, I know he's a journeyman. And I'm sure a lot of people have discounted him. But Both quarterbacks tonight were on their third school, by the way. And I've I, I got to imagine that Keaton's looking at the magic that Aaron Roderick has worked with his last two quarterbacks, getting one into the first round and then getting Jaron Hall drafted. And he's like, well, why not me? Why not me? So he's playing for something real beautiful. It's going to be personal to him. He's trying to find his way into the NFL draft. All right, on that note, uh, Hans wraps it up at uh, eight hours. We've got to reach the eight-hour mark on tonight's broadcast, so we'll call it good. That's our work day and night for the night. I was saying thanks to the crew back at BYU Radio about ten minutes ago, so we'll continue our thank yous with uh, all the folks back at BYU Radio making it happen for us tonight. 
Seth Larson is our control board operator. Our secondary control board operator is James Finlayson. Our studio editor, Ethan Arkell. Our coordinating producer is Terry South. Engineering help from those back at BYU Radio is much appreciated. Uh, here on site, we had engineers Sean O'Neill and uh, Barry Squires in Cougar Canyon. Here in the booth, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Thanks to Clark for getting our post-game comments from Coach Satterfield as well. We had Jason Shepard in the booth. We had statistician Ralph Sokolowski in the booth. We had McKay Perry, our spotter, in the booth. Um, who, am I, who am I overlooking, Michael? Anybody you think so? No, hitting all the big names. Uh, Brett Pine. We got Yeah, you got Tittle. Brett Pine and Kenny Cox and Duff Tittle for the uh, football communications department, so they help us do our jobs as well. And I think that uh, I think that about does it for everybody. Oh, the stats interns. Can't forget Juice Woodson and Jonathan Hall. Uh, they did great work tonight as well. So that is everyone who helps bring the broadcast to you. And we thank them and appreciate all of their contributions. And so we remind you that BYU has defeated Cincinnati by a final score of 35-27. Cougs go to 4-1 and one overall, 1-1 one and one in the Big 12. They are the first Big 12 newcomer to get a conference win it happened tonight. We hope you enjoyed it. We're back with you on October 14th. We'll find out the game time probably Monday. So there's a 12-day window and a 6-day window, and most of the windows have been 12 for BYU so far. So Monday we should get a kick time for BYU and TCU, and then we'll come to you from Fort Worth on the 14th. So that will do it. For the gentleman to my right. Mitchell Jurgens. The gentleman to my left, the big man. Bam Bam Hands. My name is Greg Rubel saying, in the meantime... And in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments. By Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. BYU football is also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug, fresh for everyone. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorking, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stauffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.